Welcome to the Dig In Travel Podcast, where travel and other digital professionals level up their marketing skills by listening to the top industry experts. And now, here's your host, Istok Franco, founder of DigInTravel.com, your number one resource for travel, digital, e-commerce, and marketing. Hi, this is Istok, and you're listening to episode 56 of the Dig In Travel Podcast. This is the second part of the two-part mini-series that we titled Changes in Marketing and Their Implications for the Airlines. In the first part, I talked to Juan Mendoza, who is editor of MarTech Weekly, about changes in MarTech, in tech, in skills, and how, because of these changes, the role of marketing is evolving and how marketing needs to be able to manage and own the MarTech. So marketing technology, because this used to be the area, especially for airlines, most of the technology was typically managed by the IT departments. And the rise of MarTech is what I think changed a lot of the things here. A big important part of this is owning and managing data and analytics. And in this second part, we'll talk about the changes that are happening in the digital analytics because I see big shifts happening, big changes are happening with all the restrictions on one side, the increase of the complexity of measuring marketing, and we'll talk a little bit about later about what that is, and the rise of the AI on the other side. This episode will be a little bit different. I'll do a longer intro, so the first part alone. My views, I will share my views on this area because digital analytics and especially evaluating marketing effectiveness. So how effective marketing really is, is an area that I've invested a lot of time to learn about it and where I did a lot of practical work for airlines in the last couple of years. And I'm really passionate about this topic. Now, what is the challenge of measuring marketing effectiveness in the first place? And why is it getting even more difficult now? I think most of you have heard about one of the most famous quotes, I would say, in marketing by John Wanamaker, who said, half the money I spent on advertising is wasted, the trouble is I don't know which half. And this is basically the main problem when we do marketing is, do we know which campaigns, which of our initiatives, not even advertising, maybe personalization initiatives, really work. I was thinking about this quote recently when I had with a call with a marketing agency. I was representing an airline client and they ran a Google Ads for an airline and they were telling me that ROAS or return on advertising spend was 500% or even 1000% in some cases for some of the campaigns. And that really made me think if the ROAS of 500 or 1000% is so high why didn't the airline invest more? Because this is like easy money. And there are different problems because I don't think that numbers are right. But what made me think is that nobody really challenged these numbers of these calls. So we are operating with strange numbers or maybe partial metrics in digital advertising without looking them at the big picture. Uh, a lot of the agencies, a lot of the airlines I see still work with last click attribution, which is a problem because then they are telling me to focus on airline brand keywords or brand campaigns 
because last click report reports show that high ROAS or return on advertising spend, high ROI, return on investment. But when we check other data or other signals, we don't see a lot of new traffic, new incremental revenue, new customers. So how does these campaigns that work so well on one side in one digital advertising platform, or at least they are telling us that they work so well, why don't we see the effect on the bottom line? The problem, of course, is the last click attribution, or not only the last click, I, I would say any click-based attribution, because it will give all the, let's say, all the benefit or all the impact metrics to the channel that you clicked on last and that is not how typically things work and any click attribution won't really consider i don't know the impact of the channels that don't have clicks like video offline advertising tv podcast etc and this is a problem that is going on for a while because i think in a way google with google analytics and also other platforms spoiled us as marketers i don't know 10 15 years ago when they appeared because the tracking was simple so simple to set up you just need a tag manager you need a simple code and you get a lot of out-of-the-box reports but the more i worked with digital marketing teams more i was sure that most measurement and metrics were not completely right or at least not providing the holistic picture which i think is the most important if you really want to answer the john wanamaker question which part of your advertising money is spent well and which one is not or how well are the marketing investment performing now why i'm talking about this now because i think that web trapping is becoming even less reliable and juan will explain about that in detail in our chat he talks a lot about how in 2024 is when google starts depreciating third-party cookies and we saw a lot of this, a lot of similar things happening even before. For example, uh, all the blockers on devices like Apple and uh, GDPR rules in Europe. A lot of these things limits how we can do our traditional approach of, let's say, uh, marketing digital analytics. He also talked about the concepts of wall gardens, which is very interesting, which is why he, he talks about Google, Meta, Apple, Amazon, and all these big platforms, how they're creating these wall gardens and their data is available within them, but not really transformed externally. And this is what we saw in the past. Let's say when we did uh, digital analytics, I think the discrepancy between, I don't know, what Google Ads shows on one side or what Facebook Ads show on the one side and then Google Analytics or other analytical tools were always there. And a lot of them showed, like I said, great ROI, but in total, all this didn't always add up. And what I've seen in the last year with uh, Google Analytics 4 migration and the issues, we saw that some of these things uh, got even, let's say, bigger, some of the issues. So what we will talk also in this podcast is, I think we as marketers need to go back to the basics the need for marketing professional to return to let's say some basic statistical analysis and methods to understand the impact of uh, digital marketing efforts more holistically 
And this shift requires developing new skills beyond traditional Google Analytics expertise. A lot of times for a marketing analyst, the only requirement that I see airlines had was, okay, you need to know Google Analytics. And I don't think uh, this is enough anymore. You need to understand marketing data and have the capability to do more complex marketing analysis and evaluation. Me personally, I was trying to figure all these things out when I was managing e-commerce and digital marketing departments for an airline. And then even more a couple of years ago, when I did a attribution workshop for a huge airline in the Middle East, where we are trying to connect all the partial data into a big picture to really understand the impact. Because they had like a lot of siloed channel managers that were working with, I don't know, click metrics, impression metrics, even conversion, last click conversion. But this works in their small silo when they're optimizing the channel in their platform, like in Google Ads or Facebook Ads. But then they're missing the big picture of the true impact of each of these channels. So I've been working on it ever since, and I'm currently working hands-on on another airline case where we are trying to connect and extract Google Analytics data, web tracking data, advertising data, and then start to trying to identify patterns, trends. And I think this is the first part where you should start trying to see trends and patterns and then trying to connect this data and see if there is any correlation. I think correlation is the first part that you need to figure out. But I think what is also important is correlation doesn't always mean the causation. What do I mean by that? So for example, in this case, airline is investing a lot in advertising when they have bigger sales, big uh, sales periods. And of course, overall sales increases when you have sales. So there is correlation between sales sales periods and advertising, but is it really advertising that is generating these lifts? So these are some of the questions that we are trying to answer and what is the real impact of advertising? So one, we'll also talk in our chat about this, some of different things, what we did, for example, and he talked about this, like geolift tests, when you try and do some experiments in some of your markets, so you do advertising and you don't do it in the other and then try to measure the impact, the incremental lift with some statistical methods. Uh, we did some casual inference tests, which are similar and the more complex models like marketing mix modeling, which is something that Juan will mention as well, is uh, let's say what I would suggest to do after you do some of the, uh, let's say, more straightforward uh, examples that I mentioned. So. This is something where I see the industry is moving. So going away from, let's say, simple or traditional web analytics platforms to more, more holistic approach, which requires, I would say, a little bit different skills in the marketing departments. The positive that I see here, because I could see some of you now thinking, oh, now crap, we'll have to think or learn about, I don't know, statistics, math. I just want to do marketing. I think the positive things here is, and this is what we talked in the end of our podcast, I think with the development of AI and even before we developed the data science, so data science is getting more accessible, I would say it's getting democratized. What do I mean by that? Some of the methods, we get open libraries, 
you get, I don't know, languages like R and Python, and now AI can help you learn these things. Uh, some of these methods are getting more and more available. Even I learned it in the last three, four years. So I think your marketing teams, if you will start to go on this journey, will have the support there to learn about these things and start to doing uh, what I mentioned is the key, more smarter, more holistic way of evaluating your marketing and doing digital marketing analytics a little bit differently. I'm really curious to hear your feedback after you will hear my chat with Juan. Let me know what you think about this. Do you see these changes? Because as I said, this is something that I'm really passionate about. And if you want to learn about it or just talk about it, reach out to me via LinkedIn or via email or on any other channel. And I would love to chat with you about all of these things. Now, listen to our short expert about these things with Juan and uh, looking forward to your feedback. Insider is trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic, to take their customer experiences to new heights. By focusing beyond rewards programs, airlines can finally deliver a unique experience per traveler. With Insider, marketing, e-commerce, and product teams can create personalized, connected customer experiences across any digital touchpoint to increase bookings, boost ancillary revenue, and drive higher customer loyalty. Visit useinsider.com to find out more. One thing. Mm. I wanted also to chat to you because it's a huge, let's say, thing that I see. It's where I spend most of my recent, let's say, hands-on activities. Is the challenge of, you know, measuring marketing. And measuring marketing is like a big topic. But what I want to talk specifically with you is, because you wrote a lot about it in the past, is... Where is the, this big trend in the marketing analytics with this cookie-less uh, world and tracking issues and blockers and all these things? So tell me, mm. because I think you had like a very provocative uh, one of your <laughs> articles, <laughs> one that maybe there are more, but this one was is where you were asking, is there even the future for web analytics, you know? So... Yes, Tell me a little bit yes. what you see because you follow these trends a lot and I, I learn a lot from you. And tell mm. me, what do you see here? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, it is uh, good to think about which things may be obsolete in the future. Um, as our industry has changed, it continues to change. Uh, the MarTech of 2018 is very different from the MarTech of 2023, just in terms of the landscape, what's available and what, what actually is also in entropy, right, which is on decline. Um, but what I think, you know, so I wrote that essay, which was, you know, is there a future of for digital analytics? Well, look at the landscape right now. Okay. So we're in 2023, getting towards the end of the year here. Uh, 2024, this is, 2024 is when Google starts deprecating cookies. All right. So when cookie, third-party cookies is being de deprecated, I actually think that it's not going to stop there. I think that what Google is doing is responding to a few different shifts. They're responding to the consumer um, apprehension around data collection and data sharing. They're obviously hedging against um, regulatory um, fines. And, you know, Google is one of the biggest offenders in the European Union uh, for GDPR fines. So obviously they need to respond to that. So that's why third-party cookies is going away. 
Um, but also there we're getting into this world of like, well, oh look, which company is bigger than Google when in terms of the holistic data that's been collected on the internet? Why share that around? You know, why share that around? You should, if if I was Google, I would shift all the data internally, build something like the privacy sandbox, and then nobody gets to access their data. But you know what? You can use it within the Google ecosystem only. And that's what we're seeing with Apple as well, Amazon, and all of these different major platforms that have huge amounts of and consumer data. This is the concept of walled garden, right? What you're talking about. Yes, of course. Yes, but but it is a, a defensive strategy. So if you're if you've got the world's most of the world's consumer data or web behavior data, okay, great. Um, you can use that and then shut off any other company from using it. So then you have a uh, it just reinforces your monopoly position in a marketplace. So only a few companies in the world can actually do that online, right? It's the OEMs, so the device manufacturers like you know Apple and Microsoft. And then you've got the major e-commerce platforms like Amazon and um, Walmart and you know and and others. Um, and then you've got you know the the social media and the information ecosystem. So Google Search and um, so, uh, Meta and, uh, and TikTok and others. So there's only a small amount of companies, but in the past, the open web gave almost everyone access, unfettered access to most information. Like my goodness is talk. like in the past, I was able to pull up very sensitive information about customers in major enterprise companies and data collection around all kinds of things that, that are users that you're tracking on the, on the website. Hmm. Now I didn't get a license to do that. Uh, you know, I got a license many years ago to drive a forklift but I didn't need a license to access hundreds of thousands of customer records out of an enterprise database of web data joined up with, um, with user profiles. So I look at this whole shift and I go, okay, the major players are all looking to def create these walled gardens as you coined it. Cool. All right. That's one thing. The other thing is, well, like we've been able to basically set a drop a tag on a website, set up Google Tag Manager, and just collect whatever the hell we want. And it's been an open. That's been open. You literally could do whatever you want. And there's been a lot of people that's abused that that of that freedom. But there's also been a lot of amazing good and value that's come out of it. I mean, being able as anybody can go onto a website, set up a set up your own Google Tag Manager or your own segment, and start collecting data on folks. You can do that tomorrow. Heck. I run a media company called the Martech Weekly. We do that, right? Um, and so um, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that is does a future of web analytics, well, does it, does it have a future? Well, I actually think that regulation, what we're seeing today is really just the start. I think increasingly, I think we're going to be seeing less data, even though first-party data is still legal in most places. We're going to see less access to that. We're going to have to look at cookie pop-ups, for example, with GDPR. You know, you if you have a cookie pop-up and someone declines it, it has to cut off Google Analytics tracking. Um, it has to because that's the GDPR rules. Now, um, so I, I look at that and I say, well, what what do you do? Like, what do you do with that? Well, I see. I think increasingly that this whole industry where we have, you know. Uh, last click attribution or multi-channel attribution and all of these behavioral um, signals that we're getting from our web tracking. Now, all of those things um, is totally unregulated. And I think increasingly the society wants us to have control over those things. Why should I have to get a forklift license to drive a forklift in a warehouse when I don't need a license to set up Google Tag Manager? Uh, that doesn't seem ethical in my view. So I think that's the first thing. The other thing I, I just want to touch on briefly 
because um, I'd love your comments on this, on this doc. The other thing I think is that the, like the web tracking is becoming less reliable. Like I'm talking increasingly, you know, a wonderful interview with their head of analytics at Canva. So international company that does, um, that does design tools, um, online design tools. And they are moving completely away from last click attribution and any sort of um, web-based attribution methodology to things called MMM, so market mixed modeling, right? And it's more collecting signals from all kinds of places to provide a forecast on where they should go with their analytics. But they're also looking at, oh, how do we do geo-experimentation so we can kind of turn things on and off in different regions and see where the money's coming from and their advertising spend. Now, they're moving away from a web analytics future. So I think that if you see the industry at a holistic picture, it's to me, it's pretty easy to see that I don't think there's much time left in the way we've been doing um, web analytics the way we've been doing it. I think the paradigms are changing, the incentives are changing, and ultimately the trust that we have in this data in the first place, that's decaying as well. Uh, and so I'm, I don't want to be too negative because I think there's a, an awesome future there. But you know, I might pause there and just give you a sense that to, um, to maybe if you have a challenge on that. But I am very curious on what you think because in my view, I just don't think there's a lot. The time is ticking. I don't think we have enough, don't have very much time left in the way we work use google or web analytics today yeah no no yeah um, what i what i see i get your all ethical and let's say legal implications although i'm not an expert there i get lost and bored to be honest especially in the legal part <laughs> but it's a huge part and it's why it goes but i see especially the last part the practical point so even before you say all well, our industry so how i see it when an, a web came, when Google Analytics came, Google give you like these marketers. It gives you like a fancy, very simple, everybody could use it with a tech manager analytics tool. And nobody really bothered yep. too much to see if it's right, if it's correct, if the last <laughs> uh, last click attribution or attribution in general is the right way to manage yeah. it. The whole industry adopted it and started using it. Agencies started using it. They call themselves performance marketing because they do performance because that's the last click model. And what we mm. saw even before and progressively with these walled gardens, with companies. So you see the discrepancy, what Facebook advertising is showing you, what Google advertising is showing you, what your other digital marketing channels are showing you. So I started to doubt this last click attribution and started to looking at some, let's say, more back to the basics marketing of trying to understand correlation mm. between uh, investment in certain channel and doing, like you said, testing traditional statistical models. And what I see, the ones that you mentioned, like doing geolift tests, doing mixed marketing modeling, doing, let's say, some regression analysis and some other analysis using, like, let's say, your backend data and your spend data instead of Google Analytics data or Google data. And what I see now is these things that you mentioned, so the legal and the ethical and the world garden technology implications just accelerated this. So I think we as an industry, as a marketers, digital analytics needs to get back to the basics and learn a little bit about more about statistical analysis and how to really evaluate yes. uh, our digital marketing efforts. It's and I think yeah. it goes back to the MarkTech ops, you know. Uh, you will need people mm. who will have skills that because before almost everybody knew Google Analytics or at least a lot of people claimed, but I don't think mm. it was the 
the perfect truth anyway, but we relied on it so heavily because it was so right there to use it. So this is how I see mm. it and uh, where I put a lot of efforts in trying to learn these things and trying to really holistically evaluate the impact of different channels and different things. The positive I see in this story is that lately, or let's say last couple of years, a lot of these things became much more accessible. So even these advanced statistical mm. methods, you have like tools, you have a lot of information, a lot of content, you have libraries that you can do yourself so you don't need to be like I say a PhD in math to do at least less complex of these exercises. And now with I think with the generative AIs and JGPTs and things of the world, I think some of the coding yeah. and some of the stuff will become uh, or is becoming uh, let's say easier to do. So this is again then the positive uh, things that we see. A lot of these things is embedded in the new in these new marketing tech tools. So I mentioned our sponsor, they have like, you you can use plain language to build new segments before you need to have technical skills to do that. Today, when I generated my MailChimp campaigns, it embedded AI to help me write newsletters and things. How do you see it disrupting the MarTech industry? Insider offers marketing and e-commerce teams in the airline industry, the world's most comprehensive AI solutions for customer experience. Serious AI, our patent-pending technology, which includes predictive, conversational, and generative AI, is proven to increase productivity, remove guesswork, and eliminate time-consuming repetitive tasks to boost profitability and increase efficiency by more than 60%, trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic. Insider's AI solutions help take their customers' experience to new heights, deliver a unique experience per passenger on autopilot, and significantly increase ROI, bookings, ancillary revenue, and customer loyalty. What are you waiting for? Visit useinsider.com to find out more. Yeah, uh, such a great question, uh, Istok. I think... Um, Right now, we're in this really interesting juncture where um, we're shifting away from manual data data analysis um, in serious ways. So, you know, the joke goes with any data analysis and analysis work you do, 80% of the time is just cleaning the data. It's literally just get the data in the right spot and then verify that it's all correct. And then you'll do the great stuff, the visualizations, the analysis, the insight finding, all of that stuff happens in the last 20%. Imagine if we could take that 80% and reduce it down to 20%. And then you're spending 80% of your time insights, deeping, diving deep into the data. Talk to any data analyst, airlines, any company that works at MarTech, and they'll tell you that, wow, there's a lot of waste just purely by virtue that they have to spend time cleaning the data that they're seeing. So when I look at um, generative AI, I, I look at it less as like, a, oh, it'll just tell us the insights. No, I think insights can only be a human product because humans have their own judgment and we have uh, an ability to connect the dots and think through things and also think about the immediate context. And also we have things like feelings where you have a gut <laughs> feel over oh, what's right and what's wrong. Here. You know, like AI will never have those things. Humans will only always have those layers of judgment with every, any analytics project. 
It's only a human that can go to take numbers and turn it into a beautiful story and convince a marketing executive to change, change the course or to invest in something new. Now, um, so I think, but, data, but generative AI has an incredible opportunity to manage our data for us. So there's some great features out there. Uh, for example, our third place company in our, our recent awards program, the MarTech Weekly 100. So we ranked from first place to 100th place, the most innovative marketing tech companies. And third place was an advertiser's customer data platform, but they've recently launched a feature where they can chat with your data. So they would go in and say, hey, we want to join this data set with that data set. We want to figure out a segment and you can actually ask it to retrieve that data for you, bring it into a table without having to do that all manually. And of course, you would, in these early days when these um, apps and these platforms still hallucinate a lot, you'd probably want to check that data is okay. But I can kind of see a world where the manual drudgery of joining tables together to verifying data, a lot of that can happen through a chat interface, asking an, an AI agent to do that for you. Uh, that's such an easy sort of no-brainer use case where most marketers would go, yeah, of course, it will save, it will, if it gives us 80% of time back so we can spend more time analysis, doing analysis and understanding the data, then that's fantastic. So I definitely see a huge opportunity in the space of that data cleansing, data management space. You can see this across like most data warehouse platforms now are doing this, Snowflake, Databricks, they've all got their AI tools that they're spinning up. And other platforms like SAS and Cognitive, they've got AI campaign marketing tools. So they'll set up your marketing campaigns for you in their platforms. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, third place Rebid, they've got a chat with your data platform. I even saw a tool the other day, the name doesn't come to mind, but you literally drop in a CSV and ask it to do visualizations for you. Yeah. you know? And you can ask it to go, hey, you know, we've got table one and table two. Can you join on this primary key? And they'll go and do it for you. Awesome. You know, just amazing amount of automation that's going to be happening. And instead of using VBA or, you know, Excel script or SQL, SQL, like you'll just be using yeah. English. You're like, hey, we want this table and that table to be clean. We want to analyze this thing. We want you to go and verify all the records in this data set. It'll go do that for you. And I think we're kind of living in this very interesting golden age of automation that we have just scratched the surface on. No, no, no. I agree. And we talked about this in our prior episode with my colleague, Bustian, and he mentioned that, look, these tools are coming not only in the digital marketing platforms, but they're coming, I don't know, in workplace uh, tools like Office, Excel, everywhere. So I think, and you mentioned, as I said, mm. I did, you mentioned some of the platforms I worked, as I said, with company uh, that's called Insider, and we do like airline personalization, and you can do the same things. It's like they have a product that's based on AI and it's like conversational. And I think it can bridge the gap that we talked about before in marketing apps, like having the people with all these technical skills to connect, pull data, to create queries. Uh, you just uh, use language and try to build like audiences, learn about audiences. You talked about, I don't know, people that want uh, ancillary products, want special affinity for destination. This is where we are going. So. Yeah, thanks for that. That was great. There are so many other things that I wanted to talk to you, but we ran out of time, <laughs> which is usually great. So we'll have to repeat this in the future. But thanks again for all these nuggets. And I'll drop a link to your newsletter in the show notes and in the article. And I really recommend everybody who wants to stay on top of the MarkTech and what's happening out there to follow you and your work. 
Yes, and you're very generous this talk. I really appreciate it. And um, and this has just been great to have this discussion with you. Fantastic. You know, you're doing some wonderful work in the airline industry and it's just amazing to see um, even just the airline industry evolve over the years as well and, and you being in that sort of hub of customer experience and experimentation and personalization and all the incredible data work you're doing as well. So I look forward to uh, seeing more awesome stuff out of um, our airlines um, in the future. But uh, thank you very much for having me, Stock. I appreciate mate. it. Insider offers marketing and e-commerce teams in the airline industry the world's most comprehensive AI solutions for customer experience. Sirius AI, our patent-pending technology, which includes predictive, conversational, and generative AI, is proven to increase productivity, remove guesswork, and eliminate time-consuming repetitive tasks to boost profitability and increase efficiency by more than 60% trusted by some of the world's best-loved airlines, including Singapore Airlines, Qantas, AirAsia, and Air Baltic. Insider's AI solutions help take their customers' experience to new heights, deliver a unique experience per passenger on autopilot, and significantly increase ROI, bookings, ancillary revenue, and customer loyalty. What are you waiting for? Visit useinsider.com to find out more.